Okay, take your Bibles and turn to chapter 60, chapter 60 of Isaiah. And uh, if you can, read the first chapter of James for next week. We will start a good study in the, uh, in the book of James that I think that you will really enjoy. Okay, book of James. Now, I have been asked to, um, because we got some, some wonderful new folks who have joined with us, and it's been a while also since I have gone through Revelation. I've had a lot of folks say we need to go through Revelation again. So we may do that on Sunday morning when I'm finished with our study the second hour, uh, go through Revelation. Because uh, it's very important to understand what is going to happen, what's going to take place. And Revelation, of course, gives us that. But that would be on, on Sunday morning. All right, uh, take your Bibles to chapter 60. The kingdom, the kingdom. Uh, it's a recurring theme in this uh, big section we've been in tonight. To verse 1 of chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And this would be, that is when the kingdom arrives now. That, that would be the, where this would, uh, would fit in time, time frame. And the glory of the Lord has risen over you. Well, something's going to happen before. Now take a look. What's going to happen before the light arises and shines? Verse 2. Behold, darkness will cover the earth. Darkness will cover the earth. That's the tribulation. And deep darkness, the peoples, that's the peoples of the world. The darkness will cover the peoples of the world. But the Lord will rise upon you, Israel, and His glory will appear upon you. And the nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. That hasn't happened, folks. We're waiting for this. We're waiting for this. Now, do you know what a lot of pastors would be saying on a Sunday morning? Look at verse 3. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising and, and glory appear upon you. Say, well, that's the church. That's the church. That's not the church. That's not the church. Where's Israel? I almost think that some pastors despise the Jewish people. They take a verse like this that's for Israel and take it and apply it to the church. I don't know how they can do it, but they do it. But this is, a, this is about uh, Israel. And of course, verse 2 is about before the glory comes, the tribulation. Uh, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. That would be the, the tribulation. Now, keep your finger here. Go to John 8, 12. Who's the light? Tell me who the light is. Christ. It's Christ. That's right. John 8, 12. Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me won't walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He is the light. And the nations will come to Israel to see Jesus. He is the light. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Um, look at um, uh, verse uh, 19 of chapter 60. Chapter 60 and verse 19. No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor for brightness will the moon give you light. You'll have the Lord for an everlasting light and your God for your glory. Your sun will set no more, neither will your moon wane, for you will have the Lord for an everlasting light. Now wait a minute. What is this? Well, this is not kingdom. This is beyond the kingdom. This is the new heaven and the new earth. Take your Bible and flip to Revelation 21. Revelation 21. 
You know, it's important to, to tie the Bible together like this to see where these verses in the New Testament are coming from. Revelation 21, and starting with verse 22. 21, 22. This, this section in Revelation 21 is eternity. This is eternity. This is when the, the new heaven and the new earth take place. Revelation 21, verse 22. He sees the, the, uh, the new Jerusalem. Verse 22, I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. Notice God the Father and Christ the Lamb together, they form the temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nation shall walk by its light. This is the New Jerusalem. This is not the kingdom. This is New Jerusalem after the, the, uh, the, the earthly kingdom period. The kings of the earth will bring their glory to it. And the daytime, and in the daytime, for there will be no night there, the gates will never be closed. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. This is the new heaven, new earth, the new Jerusalem. All right, go back now to uh, uh, chapter uh, 61. Chapter 61, this is Christ. Chapter 61 of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. Because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Please notice the first part of verse 2, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, but the second part is the tribulation and the day of vengeance of our God. That's the tribulation. Now, go to Luke 4, chapter 4 of Luke. Luke chapter 4, guess what? Christ reads this in the synagogue at Capernaum. He reads this, chapter 4 of Luke, starting at verse 14. And look what Christ does. Luke 4, 14. We'll start at 14. Jesus returned to, to Galilee. Excuse me, I said Capernaum. This is in the synagogue of Nazareth. Verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about Jesus spread throughout all the surrounding districts. He began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He opened the book and found the place where it was written, quote, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recover of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he stopped. He did not mention the vengeance. Christ stopped and did not mention the vengeance. Verse 20, he, he closed the book and gave it to the attendant. He sat down and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. They got the point. He was talking about himself from Isaiah. He began, he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. 
in your hearing. And uh, look, look down at verse 28. Boy, did they get the point. All the synagogue was filled with rage as they heard these things. They rose up to cast him out of the city. And they uh, uh, led him to the brow of the hill on which the city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he passed through their midst and he, he went his way. They understood that he was speaking of himself. But notice that Christ stopped when he spoke of vengeance. In the middle of verse 61-2, 61-2 in the middle, he stopped. He did not quote the vengeance passage. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord was his first advent. That's his first advent. He's presenting himself to Israel. And uh, that was the favorable year of the Lord, the presentation of the Messiah to Israel. But the vengeance he does not speak of. He stopped at the reading at that point. All right, to take your Bibles and come to, uh, let's go on and move toward the end. Um, uh, da, 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 come to, um, let's go to chapter 65. In chapter 65, we have only in these final chapters we only have two or three verses about the new heaven and the new earth. Look up here. The new heaven and the new earth follows the great white throne judgment. Now look at 6517. We have one verse on the new heaven and the new earth. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. That's all is said about the new heaven and the earth on this verse. There's one more verse on the subject, but this is only one here. Now, there's a shifting of gears in verse 18. You shift gears to, to 18, and this is kingdom. Verse 18 and on is kingdom. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. Behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing, her people for gladness. Why is Jerusalem created? For rejoicing and gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people, and there will no longer be heard in her, in Jerusalem, listen to this, the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. No longer will there be an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days. The youth will die at the age of 100, and one who does not reach the age of 100 is thought accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. This is kingdom. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build, another, build and then someone else inhabit the house that they build. They shall not plant and someone else eat. For as the lifetime of a tree, so will be the days of my people. And my chosen ones shall wear out the works of their hands. They'll live longer than whatever they, 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 work, they build with their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. Notice that they won't bear children for punishment or calamity. They are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. It will also come about before they call, I will answer. Before they say anything, I'll answer. And while they're still speaking, I'll hear. The wolf and the lamb will graze together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. And, and dust or dirt will be the serpent's food. And they shall do no evil or harm. The serpent, the serpent, the serpent will do no evil or harm in all my holy mountain says the Lord. That's kingdom. Uh, there is longevity in the kingdom. Disease is thwarted in the, in the kingdom. Now look at 66.7. I'm going to tell you something and I hope it thrills you as much as it did me. 66.7 talking about kingdom and talking about a nation born in one day. A nation that is born, comes about in one day. Verse 7. 66.7 
before she travails, that is a woman who tra travails with the child, she brings forth. She doesn't even have any labor pain. She just brings forth. Before her pain came, she gives birth to a boy. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Now here it comes. Can a land, can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once, just suddenly? As soon as Zion travails, because they have birth pains, instantly she brings forth her sons. Shall I bring, he's talking about the nation of Israel, bring the nation of Israel to the point of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Shall I who gives delivery shut the womb, says, says your God? When God begins to work with Israel and bring them to be a nation again, bang, it's going to happen. That's exactly what happened. Israel was born in one day. In May, I forget the exact date, in May 1948, the nation of Israel became a nation. Instantly. Just instantly. Now, I want you to look at verse 14, 6614. And I want you to go to 6614 because this is very personal to me. I mentioned to you that every time I would go to Israel, I would meet with the uh, Jewish archaeologists and uh, they would always be digging and digging further and further down on the outside of the temple walls. And I'd go back and they'd come down another six feet. Next year I'd come back and they'd gone down another six feet. And um, I noticed on one of, the big, one of the big stones that they had dug the dirt out and scratched in the stone was a Hebrew writing, a Hebrew verse of Scripture that had been there almost 2,000 years and just then uncovered. Someone took a metal piece of metal and scratched in the stone verse 14. Now look, when they scratched verse 14 in the stone, in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the rock. The city was under siege by the Romans and dirt and rock poured off the, off the top of the, uh, the wall and had covered up what this man, whoever it was, scratched in the, scratched in the stone. It, it, covered up, it covered up what he had, what he had scratched. It had been buried for almost 2,000 years. And here's what he scratched in the stone. Look at verse 14. Then you shall see this and your heart shall be glad. And here's what he scratched. Your bones shall flourish like the new grass. That's the kingdom. When the kingdom comes, your bones will be refreshed and your bones will flourish like new grass. Now do you follow what I'm saying? Some Jewish guy got up on that, upon the, uh, this mound of dirt and scratched into the rock that verse. That's a kingdom verse. That Jew was looking for the coming of the kingdom. And he scratched that statement in the stone. And then more dirt piled up and it was covered up. And then when I went back, they'd been digging and digging and digging and finally they had, had come to that and I just stood there and cried. I was talking to the archaeologist. He's a Jewish. He was from Austria. And uh, a Jewish scholar from Austria. And I'd meet him every year. And I just stood there and wept. And I said, you know where that comes from? He said, yeah. That's from Isaiah. Your bones will flourish like the new grass. When? Verse 14. When you see this, that is when the kingdom begins, and you see Jerusalem 
glorified. When you see Jerusalem glorified, when you see this, your heart will be glad and your bones will flourish like the new grass. And the hand of the Lord shall be made known to his servants, the Jews. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, the Jews. And he shall be indignant towards his enemies. His enemies. And of course, as I stand here talking to this archaeologist, he was thinking of the enemies. <laughs> he was thinking of, the, of all the Arabs who had come against them, come against them, come against them uh, many times from the time that, that, I, that I had been there. Now look at verse 15 and 16. Behold, the Lord will come in fire, his chariot, chariots like the whirlwind, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment by fire and by his sword on all flesh, and those slain by the Lord will be many. When does that take place? Tell me. Tell me. I know you're tired. Tell me. When's that going to take place? When? When? Sooty the louder. Tribulation. Tribulation. That's tribulation. Look at it again. God will be fury, furious. He will come with fire and his chariots with, like the whirlwind. All right, take your Bible and go back. Guess what? Paul quotes this. Go to, to first Thess 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting at verse 5. 2 Thessalonians 1.5. And Paul writes this. This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment so that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which indeed you are suffering. For after all, it's only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and will, be, will pay the penalty, they will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power when He comes to be glorified with His saints in that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed for our testimony to you was believed. That is the second coming in which he will come uh, at the end of the tribulation to establish the kingdom. And that's what's going on here in Isaiah 66, beginning at, at verse 15. He will come with chariots like the whirlwind to render his, his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. Now look at verse 22, chapter 66, 22. And this closes the book of Isaiah. Here's the second reference to the new heaven and new earth. They'll go on the board where you can fit it. No word fits. Second reference, just two little verses. We've already seen one verse. Here comes the second verse. Just as the new heavens and the new earth, uh, which I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so your offspring and your name will endure, and it shall be from new moon to new moon. By the way, to the Jews, the new moon starts every 21 days. It's a new moon. New moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath. All, look at this, all mankind 
will come to bow down before me, says the Lord. Then they will go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. Their worm shall not die. Wow. Eternal punishment. Their worm will not die. Their fire will not be quenched. And they shall be an abhorrence to all mankind. Those who rejected God and who die lost, they will, they will experience the suffering forever. I mean, the worm doesn't die. The fire isn't quenched. That's, that's judgment. That is hell. That is judgment. Terrible, terrible picture. Take your Bible and flip to Mark chapter 9. With this we finish. Because Jesus quotes this in Mark chapter 9. Isn't it incredible how, many, how the Bible just fits? Somebody, you know, we're reading these Old Testament verses and they're, they're all in the New Testament. And, and uh, goodness gracious, Mark chapter 9, verse 47. 947. Here's what Christ has said. I won't go into fully explain this, but uh, he says in 947, if your eye causes you to stumble, stumble, cast it out. If your eye keeps you from God, because you, you want to, to see sin and sin and sinful things, cast your eye out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. He quotes uh, the Isaiah passage. All right. I hope this has been a good study for you and it's been repetitive. And uh, these themes on the board, you can't miss. They're all through Isaiah. And uh, you have the review of all these subjects here from chapters 45 to 66 over and over again. And I hope that you are impressed by the fact that uh, uh, God is going to have the last say in history. It's when His Son comes to reign. Uh, he will have the final say in world history. Uh, sin will not be victorious. Uh, the Arabs won't be victorious. Uh, the people who hate the Jewish people will not be victorious. The Jews, their eyes are already beginning, beginning to, be, to, to open. And they're beginning to see the Lord Jesus. And uh, you and I will be caught out of here. Even though, remember, you and I can go through a lot of bad things before the rapture. You and I can go through a lot of bad things. But we will be caught out of here before the wrath of God. Uh, that's, that's firm in the Bible. We will be taken out of here before, before the, uh, the wrath of God begins. Let's close in prayer. Father, we, we thank you for this study. It's been heavy and been long, and yet uh, what great passages of, of, of hope for the Jewish people when they will see their Savior someday and realize uh, that they crucified Him, and yet uh, they'll be in peace and uh, they will share His glory as He comes and reigns here upon the earth. Thank you for the scriptures and bless us now as we begin our study in James. And uh, Lord, that's going to be a tough one because it really hits us between the eyes, the book of James. Bless us as we, we study together uh, starting next week. Uh, Father, we, again, we ask you to be with Peggy Loden and uh, Ronnie. Uh, please bless them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.